Welcome to Necessary Rebels. I'm Sandra, your host. This is a podcast series amplifying raw human stories, tackling racism and inequalities in life and in work. Do you want to know how to be actively anti-racist? Do you want advice on challenging racism? Do you know how to have those uncomfortable conversations? Then lean in and join me. Whether you're in the USA or the UK, we know that change is happening. So why not come along and be part of that change? Swiss, welcome. Welcome to Necessary Rebels. We've been trying to get you on here for ages. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. I'm fine. I'm so happy that you invited me on and I look forward to this interview. So, yeah. Swiss, what is your real name? <laughs> oh, my name is Pierre. <laughs> your name is Pierre? Yeah, my name is Pierre. I have no connections to France except that my dad's name is Peter and I guess they didn't want to call me Peter, so the French equivalent is Pierre. Okay, okay. So where did Swiss come from? Okay, so Swiss is my music industry name, quote unquote. And it came from being inspired by Swiss beats from Rough Riders. Mm. I've the story a lot now, whereas I didn't, I, I don't think I went into it before I mean, in previous years. But yeah, I was the anonymous DJ on a radio station playing garage, UK garage music. And at the time, that scene was very small. And you know, when you're young and you need to come up with a name, you tend to look for things that you're inspired by, just like how the rappers did in terms of Noriega, Biggie Smalls called himself Frank White. And they took all of these names from movies, movie characters that inspired them. So it was kind of like the same thing with me. I took, you know, from an industry that inspired me, which was um, hip hop and I guess Rough Riders and the energy at the time and Swiss Beats was what I drew from. And so that name stuck with me and that's what people know me as. But I spell my name with the double S. He spells his name with the double Z at the end. So, yeah. Oh, okay. I have not heard that story before. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. But tell us a little bit about who who is Swiss? Who are you? Yeah, so Swiss is a musician um, that's been in the music industry for you know, about coming up 20 years, about 20 years through my group, So Solid. We're actually celebrating 21 years of 21 seconds. So a little bit more than 20, 20 years now. And I started as a DJ in the group, as I said, when I was about, well, how old was I? Probably 16, going on 17. So I was too young to get into the raves I was playing in. <laughs> you know, started as a, as a DJ producer and then evolved into a music artist slash rapper. Yeah, UK Garage Music was my stomping ground. And that's where we as a group and myself as an individual kind of started to develop, you know, my name around the industry and the scene. One of the songs that, you know, when I transitioned from DJ producer into rapper slash artist, one of my signature songs is a song called Cry and also a song called Broken Silence. Broken Silence went top 10 in the UK music charts. Um, national music charts in 2003 and then I went on to create my solo album and that's what Cry the song came from and so yeah I guess that's a small summary of who I am. Wow I, I've not heard of Cry before you'll have to share the link. There. Yeah I will do we recently celebrated National Stephen Lawrence Day and there's a line in the song Cry that really touched people I say basically I don't even need a chorus 
is the type of number that I dedicate to Stephen Lawrence. And the song Cry is like about four minutes long. There's no chorus. And I'm just, you know, it's just my monologue about, you know, my life, the social conditions of our community and kind of my take on how I view things and see things within that context. It's a song that is, you know, forever connected to Stephen Lawrence because of that line. And the song that, you know, is a staple UK hip hop song for our community that touched so many hearts when it came out in 2005. Just a very, very proud of that song. And 15, 16 years later, it still is a powerful song for people. Wow, that's really, really deep. I haven't even heard it and I'm already voices shaking. <laughs> yeah, really kind of hits you in a way, doesn't it? Especially because we just had Stephen Lawrence Day last week. Mm-hmm. So it feels really, really raw. Mm-hmm. So how is that linked to the work that you're doing? So at the moment, so we know you from So Solid. Mm. We know you as a DJ, but now we're getting to know you as something completely different. So you started something called Black Pound Day. Yeah. And so tell us about, you know, where did that idea come from? What were you noticing? Why did you start that? I grew up in Battersea and we had a few black businesses in Battersea. As I grew into my teenage years, we realized that, you know, the black businesses began to dwindle. And you do know the difference when you're going into a shop that's run by an Asian person versus a Turkish person versus someone that's white versus someone that's black. It's a different experience that you get, you know. And so as our black businesses were not so visible anymore, it was noticed, you know, thought came to mind as I began my own kind of internal conscious journey via seeking kind of self-validation in the world. Pretty much after the Soul Solid period, I was talking to a friend and I just said to him, you know what? It was my friend's older brother, so he's much older than me, but in terms of consciousness, we tend to play tennis in terms of our learnings and what we see and view at the time. So I just said to him, can you imagine if we had a Black Pound Day, a day where we support black businesses and kind of grow our economy? And that's where it started from. And that was about 13 years ago. So that's when the idea was voiced first. At the time, I didn't have the resources or know-how to bring it into fruition, but it was definitely a strong, impulsive, inspirational idea that I knew was powerful. And then in 2020, we had the murder of George Floyd. We had the marches happening and the anti-racism protests. And I wanted to, to have a different outcome with the energy. I didn't want the world to forget about this moment and our country to forget about it after the fact and not make positive out of it. So... I decided to bring this idea back and introduce it into the atmosphere and see what the response would be. And here we are two years later with the biggest economic movement for black people in the UK. Just goes to show that it was something that was needed. Yeah, absolutely. I remember coming to this country and I'd gone to the hair shop and it's PAX, right? You know, PAX hair shop. Yeah. Everybody knows it. I mean, if you're black or a person of color, you would have gone into to a PAX in your local area at some point. Mm-hmm. And I remember walking in there thinking, God, this is, these are products. These are Afro-Caribbean products, but they're not owned by black people. These shops are not owned by, by black people. And it did feel like 
we needed our own spaces and we needed to kind of have some ownership of some of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I feel like your platform is kind of giving us that space to be able to to have that in a way that we we haven't had before. I don't think so anyway. Yeah. Not as far as I'm aware. No, I don't think so either in terms of the platform, but also the movement as well. But yeah, as you said, the mm. platform like, you know, the social media account that we have, our Instagram, BPD official, I haven't seen anything like it that's given this much visibility. Don't get me wrong, you have had other platforms before, but they haven't had movements behind them. And it's the movement behind the platform that gives it its impact and its power and its uh, emotional investment that people have in it because it was a solution-based approach that came out of a systemic problem that we have as a community. So just to give you some numbers, our impressions up until this point, since the inception of the movement, is over 100 million online. Our reach is over 40 million online and our engagement over 2 million. Those are our most recent stats. So, you know, we have the black and white data to show how impactful the movement is. And that's just online. There's many a high street black business that have been impacted in such a powerful way via the movement. And it's just, I'm so proud of not only myself, not only my team, but our community for showing up for ourselves and actually carrying this through because without the community, we wouldn't have such big impact. We wouldn't have such big data to speak on. And yeah, it's just beautiful. Wow. Those numbers blow me away. I mean, that's incredible, right? Mm -hmm, yeah. I mean, that's, let's talk about reach. I'm completely moved by that. That's incredible. And that's reaching a hell of a lot of people. So this, this is necessary work, right? Definitely. So necessary. My children are so proud. They're more conscious of where we are spending as a family and, you know, my daughter asked me the other day, do you try to spend black every day? She's nine years old. She's actually writing for Coco Mag at the moment, which I'm very proud of her for. So she's a, a journalist. <laughs> so she's, she, she's, um, she's got a beautiful mind. And she asks a lot of questions about Black Pound Day um, and keeps me on my toes about it. So it's very necessary for myself, my family and our community. You know, when we opened up the shop last year 2021 black history month the impact of that shop was beautiful it was nice to just be on the ground and see people come in and share their stories mothers grandmothers come in and saying when i was young you know we had to use black paste on our dolls to make them look like us and now we can come in this shop and buy dolls that that look like us and Oh man, the emotional, even now as I'm saying it, like the emotional impact that, that those stories had on me at the time in person was just overwhelming. But also at the same time, I was so happy to be able to provide a, a space for these elder women where they can come in and have a full circle moment and be able to buy those that look like them. It's, it's overwhelming. I'm just going to take that in for a minute because that's amazing. That's that's impact, right? That's kind of creating impact and and generational stuff as well, right? Because when I I mean I was lucky enough to have some stuff in your shop, so thank you very much for including Knots UK in um in the shop. And when when I was there, you know, I managed to speak to a few people who were just 
so moved by having that space in a shop like Westfields. I mean, do you know you know what I mean? In a mall like that, mm-hmm. in that kind of space, and how important it was for them and for their children and their children's children and what that means for them. Yeah. I found that really, really moving as well. And, you know, seeing black dolls and what I was most impressed with as well, because it was not long before Christmas, the Christmas decorations. Do you remember you had the those beautiful Christmas ornaments yes. that were, were black people? And it was just like, oh, my God. I like, I think I probably shed a tear when I saw that because I hadn't seen that before ever in my entire life. Wow. That was just such a beautiful thing. Not taking away from how important this is, but how do we kind of stamp this into people's minds? So I'll I'll tell you a little story. Uh, Last year during Christmas time, I noticed in one of my high street shops was a cards galore and they didn't have not one Christmas card. And, you know, there were thousands of Christmas cards in this shop, right? Thousands and thousands. Mm. And they did not have one Christmas card depicting a family of color anywhere in the shop, like not one, you know, diverse card anywhere. And a lot of back and forth with the owner of the shop. But how do we, and eventually there, there is now a section, still work in progress. How do we say to people how important it is that we are supporting Black business owners in a space where it doesn't just need to be one shop, but that we are including Black businesses and everything that we do. So it, it just becomes part of the fabric yeah. of, of everything that we do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. So we're not just waiting for Black Pound Day, but that, I guess that's part of your legacy is that this will be part of everything, exactly. not just, yeah, exactly. do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, black Pound Day is just an awareness strategy to make mm. more aware of the Black businesses that are in the areas and online. You know, we're amongst the least visible on the high street, as you've just explained. And we're the most least visible online as well, or amongst the most least visible in both places. We have to educate people. We have to create our own institutions where we can track our own data, which is, you know, somewhat what we're trying to do now with our national survey that we have recently put to public so that we can track the impact of Black Pound Day, understand how we're affecting Black businesses, also understanding how the consumer is interacting with our businesses as well. Once we begin to educate ourselves more, then we can educate the public more. There was a stat that came out a few years ago now, probably within the last decade, that said that Black-owned businesses contribute as much as 25 to 32 billion to the UK economy annually. However, Black-owned businesses are still twice as likely to be denied a loan than white entrepreneurs, blighting our visibility and access to the market. So the fact that we contribute so much, it's important for retail spaces and big corporations to understand that our visibility should be a lot more excessive than it is so that when consumers engage with these corporations, they feel like they're seen and they feel like they're heard. You know, we're contributing a lot, especially especially as consumers, we're contributing a lot. But if we can start to capture that data ourselves, then we understand where we stand a lot more in terms of our positioning economically. And then we can translate that information to the companies and prompt them to reflect that in their products and the businesses that they are onboarding themselves. We also make up about three to 6% of the UK population. So therefore 
the shelves in these retail spaces should at least reflect, 6% of their products on their shelves should at least reflect those of the Black community. You're absolutely right. Absolutely right. Is any of this work collaborative? Are you working with anybody? Who are your partners? Who's helping you? Who's supporting you in this space? So over the last year, we partnered with Google to help Black businesses upskill themselves in this post-pandemic period because, you know, we were amongst the most affected community in so many different intersections. We were the most affected, whether it be health, economic circumstance, you know, how children were engaging when it came to online learning, stuff like that. You know, we're, we're very much affected. So, you know, during this period, you know, as an economic movement, our job is to help when it comes to business. So Google partnered with us to upskill black businesses during that period where they were doing webinars and one-to-one mentoring. That was probably our biggest partnership in terms of helping the community, you know, and we are basically in talks with them for a second year partnership as well. So, you know, you know we'll see, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I'd say Google is probably our biggest partnership. Other than that, we partnered with Gap in the beginning. We partnered with Ogilvy Roots to kind of, you know, magnify the the movement back then as well. Ogilvy is one of the biggest media companies in, in the world. So we partnered with them to do that. And we're still in talks with a lot more other organizations as well, just trying to get it right. We recently partnered with Islington Council to kind of find out, you know, how black businesses are being impacted in their particular region. So we're doing some great work with them as well. So if there's any black business that is listening to this podcast at the moment, that's from Islington, or if you know a business from Islington, please look up on our website, the survey that we have in partnership with Islington Council. Yeah, direct black businesses um, to that survey to fill it out. And so we can get an idea of how black businesses are being impacted there. So there's ongoing work that's happening and we will continue to do that work with other councils, hopefully, and other organizations. That's brilliant. Thank you so much. Is Islington the only council you're currently working with at the moment? Any other councils? At the moment, Islington's the only official council we've worked, we're working with. We have worked with Birmingham and Haringey Council as well as Camden mm-hmm. Council too. Um, yeah, but um, well, I say that officially at the moment, it's um, Islington Council. Thank you for that. Where did you find any um, obstacles with setting up this initiative from both black and white people? Were there any obstacles put up in the way for you? I just think it's more finance. You know, we don't have a charity arm. This is a limited company, Black Pound Day LTD. So it, it always comes down to finance. You know, when you're a business representing an economic movement, you know, that's something you have to have as a resource to help to continue what defines the movement that you're that you're leading. Yeah, I'd say mainly finance. But other than that, obstacles are probably mainly just the work-sleep balance from a personal perspective, family work balance from a personal perspective. You know, in terms of an organic movement that started as a solution from a systemic problem that we have, I haven't seen anything like this. The traction and the uh, magnification that we've had in the last two years has been beautiful and it's been brilliant. I'm just so grateful and happy that an idea that I had 13 years ago has been able to be birthed into fruition like this and be successful in the way it has. What's next for you? What are you doing next? Tell us where we can find you. In terms of social media, the main platform I interact on is Instagram 
and I'm on Swiss World underscore. That's my handle. Uh, Black Pound Day is BPD official um, on Instagram and Black Pound Day on uh, Twitter and Facebook. The full three words, Black Pound Day on Twitter and Facebook. Going into this year, we have an announcement to come very shortly. (laughs) I haven't said anything public yet, but it's another big announcement. So just look out for that through our platform and we'll just continue the good fight and continue to make black businesses more visible, grow the movement. Yeah, just expand as best as we can. I'm really, really proud of the work that you're doing. I mean, you probably get this all the time. Just want to say thank you on behalf of the many black businesses that might be listening in on this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for putting a real spotlight on what we do and for supporting what we do as well and and creating this movement, this really necessary movement that really encourages people to spend their money with black businesses, right? It's so, so important because when we're winning, everybody's winning, you know? Most definitely. When we win, everybody wins. You know, no one gets left behind. Exactly. You know, it's really important that we continue that. And that's what we want. So Black Pound Day happens, is it? Is it every first Saturday of the month? Yes, it is. I didn't mention that. But yeah, Black Pound Day is an awareness strategy. Um, and we celebrate that day on the first Saturday of every month, where we encourage people in the Black community and outside the Black community, ethical spenders to spend with a Black business on that day, uh, promote that business on that day, share um, information in your network about Black businesses on that day if you can't spend. With that engagement that you that you have, it will encourage other people to do the same. And it will also, as a consumer, you will naturally, if you have a good experience with spending with that Black business, you will naturally begin to go back on other days and not just Black Pound Day. So we're not just asking people to spend on that day. We're asking people to make yourself aware, a reminder, just like a Valentine's Day for your loved one, just like Christmas for your children and your family, just like Mm. um, Black Friday, just like any other activation day that causes you to engage for reasons beyond yourself. You know, that's what Black Pound Day is for socio-economic movement to empower the black community so that we can have a more equal equalized society the more that you help a marginalized community the more other marginalized communities begin to be affected positively by that as well you know i had a person of chinese origin of of east asian origin Mm. start up a chinese directory when we first started and that was inspired by the work we were doing them, you know, they 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 began to grow. I haven't heard from them recently, but you know, they got in touch a few months back, mm-hmm. and I could see that their directory was growing, and they were just so inspired by the work that we did that they decided to do that for themselves. So you know, other communities begin to follow suit, as you say. Once we're impacted in a positive way, we'll start to join along. And uh, I have my Asian friends that have expressed and shared their gratitude mm-hmm. about the movement. That's begun from this yeah. you know it's caused them to look at their own community and see what they can do even though you know there's a perception that asian communities are doing great by default they do have their own issues also uh, and they're not monolithic so you know it's just beautiful to see that the movement is impacting other communities in the same way mm. or in a similar way you know yeah and just to add on you know i saw 
business the other day, a female business owner. She said on the first Black Pound Day, she made over £10,000. Wow. <laughs> I know that's right. I mean, come on. I know that's right. More of that, please. Yeah, yes, and there's another, there's another, everyone knows about this business, Afrocentrics. They made five figures on the first Black Pound Day also. That is incredible. And so, oh my God. This is, this is real stuff that's happening here. Mm, real impact, right? Real, real impact. And creating wealth, right? Exactly. You know, that's why it's about having a day in the calendar where we have an mm-hmm. awareness strategy for every month and not just one year, not just one day a year, sorry, every month so that we are continuously remembering, okay, you know, I need to go out there and actively support a black business. And, you know, following that calendar day, you know, we can only progress in the awareness, make progress in the impact. And, you know, for generations to come, the movement can only become bigger. That's incredible. Swiss, it's been such a joy. Just to say that your first Black Pound Day was actually on my birthday, June 27, 2020. So oh, wow. I like to celebrate that as well. well that's the anniversary. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's on my birthday. So I'm really proud of that. Thank you so much. Again, thank you so much for everything that you have done in this space. This is part of your legacy. I can't wait to see what you do next. Really, really looking forward to your next announcement. Swiss has left all sorts of details for all of you listening. There's so much you can do to support Black Pound Day. Follow him on Instagram. Check out the website. Buy from a Black business. Tag Black Pound Day on social media. There's so much you can do. Please, please, please do support this space. It's really, really important. This is for all of us, right? All of us. Yes, yes, that's right. And the website, just to let everyone know, is www.blackpoundday.uk. Swiss, it's been such a joy. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and on Instagram at necessary underscore rebels underscore pod. This was an II Studios production. Please remember to rate, subscribe, and give us any feedback as we're always trying to be better. And stay tuned for our next episode.